on Twitter and Instagram and anywhere it's important. Joining me as ever, my intrepid hetero life mate, Jared the Man Shapiro, at Get Fit with Jared on Twitter and everywhere else you want to follow him. Today, we're going to be talking with Jared Fritz, LMT, otherwise known as Mr. Ref Fit himself, one of my close personal friends and someone who's definitely going to be an inspiration to you in all your fitness journeys. Jared, how are you feeling about today, my friend? What's up, guys? I am actually quite excited to be on here. Got my workout in today, and I love what you guys are doing. I listened to your last episode um, on the way home on Thursday. Love what you guys are doing. Very kickback, very casual, and uh, it's such a cool uh, platform to get some really cool information out. You know, I'm just going to throw this out. This might be the only podcast in existence with two Jareds on it. (laughs) But only, only one spells it right. I mean, that's yeah, clearly... Me, obviously. <laughs> wow. Shots fired already. We're, we're not hey, one my, minute my in. in the Bible, okay? So, you know, it's got to be right. <laughs> nah, that's cool. You can spell it however you want. I'll allow it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cool, man. So, Mr. Shapiro, the other Jared, uh, permanent Jared, yes. uh, I, I feel like your energy level is an all-time high today. Does that mean you did too much DDP yoga or not enough? Uh, no, I may or may not have had a sugar-free energy drink about two hours ago. <laughs> oh, wow. But sometimes you got to have that extra dose of caffeine. Sometimes. Well, you're, you're not going to need it tonight because we've got caffeine with us on the show. Woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Jared Fritz, um, he's going to be joining us today to talk about his fitness story. Um, you know, here on Fat to Fit, we like to, to bring in some different topics each week and have a real casual conversation about things. Maybe today's conversation will be a, a little more than casual because Jared has a pretty uplifting story and he has done quite a bit in his time on this earth. And just a reminder before we get started, Fat to Fit podcast is a podcast to help you get fat to fit, but also documenting our own journey from fat to fitness. And maybe if I don't get my ass in the gym this week, it'll be back to fat again. Mm. Remember, folks, you should always discuss everything you're doing with your health, nutrition, diet and everything else with a licensed medical professional. You should always do your own due diligence everything we say here is anecdotal and for entertainment purposes only however if you have trouble getting started reach out to one of us we'd be glad to point you in the direction of a qualified professional to get you started on your fat to fit journey all right now that we're all we're all legaled up (laughs) (laughs) so jared fritz jared where do you come to us from my friend so currently I reside in the humble town of Ladson, South Carolina, right outside of Charleston. Um, originally from West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, but moved up this way when I was about five. Had a short little three-year stint in Yokosuka, Japan. My dad was military, and then I've been back here ever since then with future endeavors of buying a farm in Tennessee and living out my remaining years with my awesome wife. Man, that right there. That's the whole episode, folks. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, we're glad you could come by. Uh, so, you know, Jared, uh, Jared's very humble. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of take it from the beginning, Jared. When you were young, how did you get introduced to fitness or working out in general? No, that's a that's a pretty solid question because honestly, I I always loved like watching gymnastics on TV. My mom was really a big fan of like the, the Olympics and everything. But my, uh, my mom was never. Uh, my father left when I was really really young, so I was raised by my grandparents and my mom. And my grandfather was an athlete in his own right as a race car driver. I mean, they do their own kind of thing. 
but he was never the one to sit there and go running or do anything like that. And then when my mom remarried, um, my dad now he's in the military. So he, he basically did just whatever he had to do to get through PT. So he was never really there. But then my older brother ended up moving in with us. Uh, I want to say it was his freshman or sophomore year of high school. I can't remember when, but typical like 90s, mid 90s, you know, buff jock guy, you know, he was on the weightlifting team at the high school and that kind of inspired me because you always want to be like your older brother. Um, <clears throat> but I was horrible at team sports, sucked. I played right field for Little League, if that tells you anything. Okay. Um, I played two seasons of basketball and scored only four points, and two of them were free throws. Wow. Um, and I always wanted to do wrestling. Like, I always loved wrestling. And my mom was just terrified because I wanted to do legitimate folk-style wrestling, right? But, of course, my mom had it in her head that wrestling was WWE, WWF at the time. Uh, you know, and she's like, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. Wow, that's kind of the so, opposite of most people. Like most right? like, most parents <laughs> think like, oh, you mean like Greco-Roman wrestling? Like, no, mom, I'm going to paint my face and come out with a feather boa. This is the one with the steel chairs. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so actually, you know, a uh, quick little anecdote on that is my mom was so against it. And not because she was like a prude. She just really didn't want me to hurt myself, you know. And so I would have to sneak watching wrestling on my TV. You know, I have my ear against the door waiting to hear her come down the hall so I could change the channel real quick. That's great. Um, <laughs> and I even wanted to get into gymnastics, but we really couldn't afford it at the time because apparently, I guess back then, gymnastics class were really, really expensive. So we ended up moving to uh, Japan. Like I said, my dad was military and I was miserable. Like I hated my life. I was 13 years old my you know my parents just moved me from all my friends you know teenage angst so my mom was like you know what if you want to play football if you want to wrestle do whatever's going to make you happy um so i joined the football team did really really well it kind of came i don't want to say natural but semi-natural and then of course that converted into uh wrestling which then converted into track my freshman year all three of those uh which just kind of gave me that motor that fuel to just want to work out more with my friends. I was having a good time, you know, like I was miserable for that short period of time. And now I'm getting to do all these fun things with my friends. Um, that, that whole thing ended. We moved back to the States. Um, wanted to finish out my wrestling high school career. Uh, and I did. And it was such a challenge because in Japan, we were wrestling freestyle. Whereas over here, it's collegiate folk style. And so I was almost get tech every single figure well i should probably just work out a whole heck of a lot harder so i was working out about twice as much as most of the guys uh form technique rules all that type of stuff um and then just as the old adage goes you know you get used to it as, as a wrestler or as an athlete in high school you know you eat you pretty much eat whatever you want you know and Stop working out. Well, well, not everyone is blessed. Twenty-five pounds in a matter of. <laughs> well, not everyone is blessed with the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can eat whatever you want. Yeah. If I eat whatever, I, looking oh. at pictures of food, oh, I gain oh. weight. <laughs> well, so to be honest, to, to to reverse it just a little bit, when as we were moving to Japan, I was just I was so depressed, so depressed. In a matter of six months, I gained a lot of weight. I don't know exactly how much. 
all I know is that all the clothes that I had were like fitting super snug on me. And then I started getting into all that, started losing the weight. And then when I came here, graduated, yeah, I had that time where, eh, don't need to work out. I just need to go work and make money, that type of thing. And before you knew it, same type of story. It was like clothes are fitting a lot more snug than I wanted them to. And well, I need to get back to working out. Well, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. But uh, at the time, I was pursuing my uh, certificate in massage therapy, and I was learning a lot about anatomy. I was learning a lot about the muscles and the actions. And once you know the muscles, where they're located in the actions, it's really, really easy to figure out how to work out, right? Because all you're trying to do is contract the muscle. So I was able to develop certain types of workouts that were getting me by a few. Uh, until I want to say it was right around 10 or 11 years ago that I met a really cool guy. His name is Justin Price. He's got a master's degree in um, kinesiology. And I was just, I was hitting these walls. Like I, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted out of the workout. And, you know, I was working out consistently five days a week at least and just not leaning out, you know? And so he evaluated my diet. He evaluated my movements. He gave me a lot of information and man, that was the rocket ship. From that point on, I started learning how to squat properly, how to deadlift properly, how to do full, full range of motions in my lifts and why. And guess what? It's okay to do really lightweight, but full range of motion because you're going to get more out of that than you are out of doing a really shitty lift <laughs> with a lot of weight, you know? Um, so, um, and so then, let's, let's, let's yeah, back up one thing real quick. So initially you said that you did poorly at team sports but then in high school you're all year-long jock doing track and basketball and football so what happened you know i think honestly it was more of that i needed to fit in somewhere because i like i was removed from all my friends here stateside and i just needed to find something that could kind of take my mind off of all that and i found a really good group of friends and and we translated in all three sports you know there was there was four of us that translated from football straight to wrestling straight to track so it was around those four other guys consistently and it was just you know ultimately the brotherhood that kind of kept me through that that time in japan interesting nice. because i've i i knowing you as i do and, and for as long as i have like i view you as the ultimate team player like, you know, obviously you're rocking the NWA shirt. You're a referee for the NWA um, and, you know, other promotions as the schedule allows. And being a referee in the pro wrestling world, you're you're the, the most underappreciated member, but one of the most important people in the whole ensemble. And and, and like to me, that that typifies who you are as a person. You don't have to be out front. You don't have to be, you know, whatever. But you're almost always the hardest working person in the room you know, very humble, very modest. And so like when I'm, I'm imagining you, like when you said, I, I didn't like team sports, I'm like, I can't imagine Jared not being a team guy. Like that's so foreign to me just thinking that. Let me, let me pause you right there. It's not that I didn't like team sports. It's that I wasn't good at them when I was a kid. Somehow, some way I found my groove in football and in wrestling. However, football did really leave a bad taste in my mouth as far as quote team because we had a lot of volatile players that you know if we played poorly 
they just started blaming everybody else. And you know, there's nothing more that gets under my skin than people that can't take accountability for themselves and just have to place blame consistently on anybody else. You, you hit the nail right on the head. Like I'll take the blame, even if it's not my fault, just to resolve the situation and let's move forward. I don't really give a crap, you know, let's just keep going type of thing. So you're right. I love team aspects and, you know, NWA, I was actually thinking about it today. I was listening to a podcast from uh, Tom Latimer, and he's just a great dude. And he's one of the people that I've been humble enough to meet and become friends with there. That locker room is such a family. And you're right. You know, refereeing is extremely underappreciated. I joke about it all the time. And I even like will tag it on Twitter or whatever. I'm like, quote, just a referee. You know, that's all I do is I'm just a referee. Uh, You can't have the match without one. Oh, yeah, frozen. no, you're right, but I love doing it. I love doing it because I don't like the limelight. I really don't like the limelight. I'm here to add value in any facet of my life that I absolutely can. I want to soak up as much information, as much knowledge as I can, and I want to put it back out there amplified if I can. Nice. But to get back what we were saying earlier on that whole journey, after meeting Justin and he was teaching me uh, – basically powerlifting, if you will, with some accessory kind of stuff. I got to thinking, I was like, and this was the time where that, that epic rise of CrossFit, and I just really had a bad taste in my mouth about CrossFit. Oh, it just man. seemed I super dangerous. CrossFit. And then you had a lot of the guys that were just total tools that were just, they weren't lifting right. They were just, oh, yeah, you got this, blah, blah, blah. Come on. What are you, a wuss? And I'm like, no, I just want to lift weights and be happy. Like, can I do that? So... <laughs> I was asking Justin, I was like, dude, I feel like I'm putting in all this hard work. What do I do to, I guess, challenge myself to compete? And that's where he first threw out the idea of powerlifting. But at that point, I had competed in a couple of, there was actually an event that I, uh, Justin and our friend Brett and me, we competed in this thing called the Primal Games, which was really kind of cool. A whole lot of different aspects. They don't do it anymore, but it was really fun. It was fitness related. And so that kind of gave me my first taste of like, hey, more than just running a 5K or whatever, hey, let's uh, let's kind of pursue something. So I stopped working with Justin because he was straight up. He's like, I don't really know powerlifting. He goes, I know how to teach you how to do Olympic lifts and I know how to teach you the basics, but you need to go somewhere else to find that. And that's where um, I met Will Kenzel at Low Country Strength. And boy, did he drop some freaking nuggets of knowledge in my head. Uh, Coached me for about a year, competed once, and I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it was extremely boring. Like, I can't sit in a gym and just watch everybody else lift all the time. And, you know, it's just it's not See, my style. And, and that's where we've <laughs> always it, – it, you and I are very, so very different but but so alike because, like, the idea of, like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the gym and grind it out for three hours. I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's living for me. Like I want to go, I want to bring a meal because I'm going to be there so long. I'm going to get hungry while I'm there. And when, when I work out with you, you're just like, all right, brother, we're going to work out for exactly 35 minutes. No wasted motion, no wasted time. Every, every second we're moving. And then like 35 minutes and one second, I'm having a stroke and I'm clutching my heart. (laughs) That's that's the difference. (laughs) 35 effective minutes is a lot better than three hours of, you know, hanging. How much, how much can you deadlift? 
Uh, I'm in the hundreds. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you broke the threes. Yeah, me too. And still have knees. But, but, um, no, so actually, long story short, power lifted, enjoyed it, but just wanted to kind of maybe go to the next level. Didn't know what that was. By chance, somebody, because of my massage therapy business, I really wanted to incorporate the work that I do with, because CrossFit was getting so big and so hot, I wanted to try to see if I could offer, you know, relief recovery for CrossFit athletes. Uh, And somebody pointed me in the direction of a very new CrossFit gym that was just opening up. Literally, I walked through the door and they had just painted the walls. That's how, like, new this was. And and the guy at the time, uh, he said, you know, I'd love, I don't have anything for you in the aspect of teaching any type of classes here or anything like that. But I tell you what I'll do for you. If you're interested, if you give me one gift certificate, I'll give you two months of uh, workout for free. Wow. And like I said, I, I was kind of, you know, uh, CrossFit, cool, whatever. Um, ended up enjoying it because it wasn't a, a fire breather gym. It was a gym that was designed more for the average man. You know, they didn't push you or anything they really focused on a lot of form and function and i ended up becoming really good friends with the head coach um and then we struck up a, a deal and i worked out there uh almost three years uh competed competed several times in some minor crossfit type of things but nothing crazy you know nothing like the crossfit games or anything um ended up uh injuring my shoulder in wrestling training uh because in that time i started training to be uh involved in professional wrestling uh but ended up separating my shoulder couldn't do crossfit and so and i couldn't do wrestling (laughs) either uh but the doctors did say i could run and i always told myself at some point in my life i'd run a marathon i don't know why but it was just one of those things that hey you know check it off the list so uh, i didn't want to go the full marathon aspect of it so I decided to sign up for a half marathon in Disney, and I trained for about eight months for that and um, completed that, marked that off my book, came back to uh, CrossFit for a while. The CrossFit gym shut down, and luckily for me, I acquired a lot of equipment, and Ruffy has been able to uh, experience the gym that is my backyard now. Um, and I do the most of my workouts, uh, and I like to vary it up. I've got things like Atlas stones, tires, kettlebells. I've got bands, um, and I still go to the gym usually once a week just to do some barbell stuff, uh, just because I think it's really important to have that type of functional movement. I remember uh, since you mentioned, I remember when you did your half marathon because I, I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I remember coming over to your house one day. I think either, either either Kevin, Kevin Phoenix was with me or Dre. I remember it was a black guy that was with me and we came to your house and I remember you had like the ice pack on your shoulder and you're sitting on the couch and you got no shirt on and your hair is all down and you're just watching wrestling and you're so sad. <laughs> I'm yep. like, I'm like, what's wrong brother? And you're like, I just, ah, man, just, I got a busted wing. Like, and you were so pitiful, but, but then it's like, it's like, that's, that's how wrestling gets you. It's like, by the way, I'm training for a marathon, but since I can't get in the ring, like life is pointless and I'm sad and I can't, you know, nothing means anything anymore. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I look at it and, and I, I still talk about this to, to this very day. It was probably the best, worst thing that could happen to me, right? Because I've been in the health and wellness 
industry for over 17 years. You know, I've been doing massage therapy that long. Um, and I've seen a lot of people come in from rehab, but I never experienced it myself. And okay. And so by experiencing it, not only did I have to uh, learn how to rehab uh, physically, but I had to learn the psychology behind it because it is very depressing, particularly if you're an athlete of any level, you get crushed. I mean, I can't tell you, oddly enough, when my injury happened two days later, my wife had to fly out of town for five days. So I was practically alone by myself with my thoughts and everything. And it was, it was very depressing, but I'm thankful that I went through it because I learned so much from it. I remember that now. I, so you (laughs) you guys both know my memory is completely gone, but now that you're talking about it, I remember because either you or, or Kitty or both of you messaged me and like, you need to come over. Like <laughs> you need to come over. And I remember it was, it was her. I remember she messaged me and she's like, you need to go spend some time with him. Cause he's by himself. Like, <laughs> so I, I don't I know what's going to happen to him, <laughs> but, uh, but you're, you're, you're glossing over what I really wanted to talk about was, um, well, a couple a couple high points I wanted to hit because I, I know your resume pretty well, but how did you get in the pro wrestling sphere? Because you're Mr. Legitimate Sport, you know, you're Mr. Jock for all seasons. How'd you come into this crazy world of pro wrestling? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I apologize for kind of glossing over that. Uh, as I told you earlier, I've always been a fan of wrestling. Uh, my mom kind of gave into it uh, shortly before I moved to Japan because she knew that I was depressed. And she actually let me go to, a, um, I think it was a Superstars taping from WWF and some sort of a WCW event. I don't know exactly what it was at the time, honestly. I was just excited to be there and everything. Um, Moved over to Japan. Didn't realize how much wrestling was in Japan, so I never even experienced it while I was there. Right, Because to me at that time, I was so uneducated as far as wrestling history goes. To me, wrestling the only wrestling was WCW and WWF. That's it. There's nothing else. Uh, And when I came back, uh, I started kind of getting back into it, getting getting a taste of it. Um, fast forward, uh, let's see here, 2008. Uh, I was a massage therapist for the women's U.S. national soccer team uh, at the Beijing Olympics. So I'd gone out there, and, and one of the doctors that was there had recently just got hired by WWE to be one of their physicians. And, and he found out my love for professional wrestling, and he basically told me, hey, Anytime we're in the area, I'll try to get you on as a massage therapist, which he did for, I think it was three different shows. Uh, Then it just kind of stopped. And I'm I'm not sure exactly why, but it just stopped. So my mentor in the massage therapy business, a guy named Steve Jurch at the time, was living in Tampa. He was working with the Women's Tennis Association down there. Well, anybody who knows anything about wrestling knows that Tampa area was a hot spot for wrestlers. And if I'm not mistaken, that's where FCW was. So I reached out to him. Hey, how do I get into pro wrestling? Because I'd done a couple of stints and I just wanted to know how to. Uh, He had no clue, but he did teach somebody who became a wrestler in this area, a guy by the name of uh, Pete Casa. So he told me to reach out to him. Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. And so Pete introduced me to uh, our buddy Joe. Yeah. Our baby boy. (laughs) And uh, so I went to a couple of shows and then I pitched the idea to him. I was like, listen, I would love to, to quote, sponsor you guys. I can't give you anything financially, but I'll come back and I'll work on all the wrestlers. Because at that point, really, all I wanted to do was just utilize my services for massage 
for pro wrestling because I felt like I could add some sort of value to it. Uh, shortly after that, because I was Pete's friend, Pete was running an angle with another uh, guy there, and they wanted to try to see if they could pull me in to the storyline somehow. Well, in the state of South Carolina, if you're within six feet of the ring, you have to be licensed and you have to be trained. So I went under the tutelage of uh, the fabulous playboy Bob Keller, uh, who taught me the ins and outs uh, and quickly realized that I had some athleticism to me. And have you ever thought about being a referee? Well, no, but if it gets me into pro wrestling, I'm down. Um, <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> right. And so uh, I started pursuing refereeing, and it was fun. Uh, then several months into it, hey, you have athleticism. Ever thought about pro wrestling? Uh, well, I guess, yeah. So I started doing some double duty and wrestling and refereeing, uh, and that's when the shoulder separation happened. And and shortly after that, I was I was determined to get back to pro wrestling but I decided I wanted to put all my chips in on refereeing because I just felt that at that time I could add more value as a referee than I could ever sure. as a pro wrestler. And they always and, need more referees. Yes. Yes, they do. And you know, it's like you said at the, at the very beginning, it's a very undervalued, but extremely important. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it until I got into it, how much can be done and how much can be amplified or dampened for that matter by a referee in a wrestling match. Um, so that's, that's the kind of story with that there. So there's no way like I, I, I didn't, I, I knew you and Pete Casa were tight. I didn't realize that he got you into the business. Um, there's no way that I could, I don't, I don't have command of the English language enough to explain how much of a freak of nature. Pete is. <laughs> um, so Pete and I, um, just a quick aside, Pete and I were workout partners off and on for about a good year or two when we lived near each other. And brother is very spiritual man, like very like in tune with his spirit and his mind. And, you know, when he was at his, his biggest and strongest, like for most things, I was still a little bit stronger than him. But the difference is, is that I was close to about 400 pounds and he was like 195. <laughs> and so yeah. like I, I could bench, uh, I'm, I'm benching like 405 or 420. He's benching like 395. And <laughs> I remember one night in particular, he, he called me and he was like, because we're both night owls. And at the time I worked night shift, he was like, brother, you got tonight off? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, he said, brother, I want you to rest up. And then we're going to go to the gym tonight about 2 a.m. And we're going to lift all night. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm down, right? That's how I like to live. And we get to the gym and he's sitting in his car and he's just like rocking back and forth. So I asked, Hey brother, you good? And he's like, I'm just, just getting my spirit right. And he was like, brother, <laughs> let's have a moment of prayer before we go inside. And like, this dude is just the most intense human being. Like I remember our deadlifts that night, we got up to just North of 600 pounds. And I think like I petered out around 620. And he was like, I got to get 650. I got to get 650. And he's like down on, on his knees, wrapping the straps around the bar. And he's like saying the Lord's prayer. And I'm like, this is like one of those weird moments in gym history. And then he starts like shaking, like he's having a seizure and like he inches it up and then lets out this growl like Conan. Damn. <laughs> and, and, you you know, and brother's got like the long curly hair, like Arnold yeah. and he's ripped the shreds and like he had no shirt on. And I was like, man, 
of all the moments for there not to be a camera like this is this is one of those crazy <laughs> moments in wrestling that like unless you're there like it's hard to explain but pete is just pete's an awesome awesome dude um yeah i i mean you know quality people attract quality people um i always thought he was a quality brother dude i love that story and and to kind of piggyback on that he would always ask me he's like hey man you want to go work out and i'm like bro like like my top set is still your warm-up you know like there's no way that you and i can work out together it's like, no man we're gonna make it work we're gonna make it work and uh we ended up going over to trey's gym in west ashley several oh, times best. and yeah and it was it was honestly i would get done like maxing out the top of my whatever my training for and he's just working he's like hey as long as you can spot me man we're good we're good you know no worries and just like you said like he was just always always there and always calm and i'd get pissed off because i i couldn't make a lift or i couldn't clean a number or whatever it might be and it's like man you got this you, you got it. just super super chill super cool but yeah you know salt of the earth if you will oh absolutely yeah he's 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 quality brother i love him to death um but you also uh kind of glossed over uh you worked for the freaking women's national championship team like so so when i tell you guys <laughs> that jared fritz is modest brother Modest brother is modest brother because he's worked for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. He's uh, done work for WWE. He works for the NWA. Like, I mean, he's probably done five or six other things I don't know about because he never told me because he don't want to brag. Um, I mean, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I don't really like the limelight because, you know, I, I, I came to terms a long time ago that I felt like so many people try to put themselves over by talking about the accolades of what they've done. And I'm the type of person that that's cool, but show me what you can do now type of thing. So like, it's always been something that's always, always been on reserve for me. And so, yes, I, I had the fortunate chance to work with us soccer. Uh, and I graduated up through the levels. I was working with the youth teams, but then eventually I think I started working with them in 2004 and by 2007, or sorry, late end of 2006 is when I started working with the full women's national soccer team. And that, that year of 2007 is where they're trying to figure out who's going to be on the Olympic team and everything. And <clears throat> I say it all the time. Uh, Cause also I'm, I'm not going to tout, but I'm just going to throw this in there because of the multitude of things. Uh, I'm a teacher for the American massage therapy association and the sports massage program. So I teach a lot of students on how to work with athletes and how to work with teams and everything. And you have to understand that when you work with teams as a massage therapist, you're not just a massage therapist. You're going to be a chameleon and you're going to adapt and have to do other random odd jobs and everything. So, and that's one thing that they look for. And apparently, you know, I impressed the right type of people. They offered me an opportunity to go to the Olympics. Um, and I took it because at that time in my life, I was single. I really had nothing tying me down. Um, and it was good because I was prior to the Olympics for, I think it was four months. I was probably home for a total of about maybe 20 days because I was out to California or out to a game or something like that. And then when I went away to Beijing, I was gone for seven weeks. And oh, wow. again, it was one of those things that it was the best, worst thing that can happen because I was gone so long, a lot of my clientele went to other people. And so when I came back, I had a very, 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 very sad business. Um, and that's when I decided to kind of go out on my own because the company that I was working for at that time just wasn't really doing anything that was helping uh, kind of 
up the up the ante there. Um, but yeah, I've had the opportunity to work with U.S. Soccer, uh, American Volleyball. I've worked with uh, the Women's Tennis Association. I've got to work with a lot of really cool athletes and everything, which has really helped build the current uh, business that I have now, Define Therapeutic Massage. Because with athletes, you get to see it almost immediately. Like, okay, well, if that didn't work, let me tweak it this way. And then if that doesn't work, I could tweak it this way, which is great because now I have a really quick checklist that I can use for the average everyday person who's not out there grinding and doing their thing. And hopefully it gives them recovery and relief for a longer period of time. Now, did you tell us how you got started down the the path of therapeutic massage? Because I've known people that go get a license, work in a you know, work with a few clients and that's about it. But you've gone full into this along with your injury <laughs> abilities. Yeah. So, um, that's a, that's a great question. I actually, uh, I was in school. I decided to take a year off between high school and college. Uh, and I was working at Harley Davidson at the time and realized that adult life's cool, but I don't want to be, you know, working for Harley Davidson for the rest of my life. I, I knew that I wanted to I actually started with the desires to be a pediatrician. I wanted to, to help people. I've always wanted to help people since I can remember. But I realized also too, I didn't want to go to school for the next 17 years and have all those bills and everything. So the natural progression would be, okay, maybe we'll do nursing. Well, I did, as I looked into nursing, I, it just really didn't grab me. So then the next step was PTA, physical therapist assistant. So as I transitioned to all that, they neglected to tell me about volunteers, uh, volunteer hours to get into the program. So basically did all my prereqs, went to apply, sorry, you can't get in because you don't have volunteer hours. I know you only have six days to the deadline, but you can try next year if you'd like to. And I was just in the mindset of, I can't stop. I need something that can fill that year. And that's when they had suggested massage therapy to me. And to be honest with you, before that moment, I had never had, never heard of massage therapy aside from like what you see on TV. So in my mind, I'm like, wait, they teach how to put like oil and candles and stuff like, what? <laughs> like I, I really honestly, and, and you know, the funny thing is, is Ruffy knows how I am with massage therapy now. So like that was super disrespectful, but I didn't know any better at that time. But a uh, lady there, she told me, she goes, Hey, the guy who's running this program, Steve Jerch, who is now my mentor when it comes to massage therapy, you know, he's a former EMT. He's an athletic trainer. He works a lot with the way that moves and it's a very approach to it. So I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'll do this for a year. If I don't like it, I can at least get into the PTA program. If I do like it, cool. So I get, I get into the program and I'm just noticing that in comparison to the other students, this is coming very, very, very naturally to and almost scary. Like, why am I doing this so everybody else is challenged by this? And by the end of the program, I already offered a job by Steve and the colleague that he worked with at the time. Uh, so I decided, hey, you know what? Let me do this for a year. If I want to, I'll continue doing this. If I make it or I'm not doing well on a PTA program, you know, what do I have to lose? And that was 17 years ago. You know, wow. I just... It, it just kept getting better and better and better for me. And it just, and I tell students all the time, because I, I used to teach at the local community college here at Trident Tech in the massage therapy program, the same program that I went to. And I used to ask the students all the time, you know, why do you want to get into massage therapy? Uh, you know, and for me, the right answer was to help people. Uh, and then I told them, I said, you have to understand one thing. Massage therapy chooses you. You don't choose massage therapy. Oh, it's just man. one of those things that... <laughs> 
people ask me all the time when I'm working on them. They're like, how do you know? I, I, I wish I could give you a logical answer, but there's no logical answer. I can give you the best uh, uh, variable of it, but it's just something that, you know, it, it's kind of like, how did Mozart know how to say what certain notes were when the cow was moving or whatever? Like people just have certain things and it's just their gift or whatever it might be. And I'm not touting, like I'm not saying, oh, this is my absolute gift or whatever, but I'm just saying it's like, it's one of those things you have to identify in your life and you have to recognize. And if it's something that you're passionate about, you just move forward with it. So I feel incredibly flattered that you would say the universe, the gift to you is massaging my glutes. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. Once again, (laughs) you're you're the only man that has ever done that for me. Um, So I I appreciate. We don't have to make it weird, bro. We don't have to make it weird. (laughs) So so I, um, so I can just, you know, obviously Jared is very competent massage therapist. Um, One of the big problems that I have um, is finding, finding healthcare professionals, not just, therapy or rehab but just in general that deal with a person of my size or a person of my background and the first time that i got a massage from from jared i was like i was like okay well you know we'll see we'll see how this goes because he's not that big and he's not that strong and then he had me almost ready i was wanting to fight like he he was just pushing every trigger and it's like oh my god he's killing me and then the next day i'm like huh i can move my shoulders now this, you know, I, I, I easily the, the best massage I've ever gotten. I've probably gone to a dozen massage therapists over the years. And, you know, uh, you know, Jared Shapiro, to your point, a lot of people are just fly by night massage therapists. And you can tell you can yeah. tell when they're working on you that they aren't committed. They don't know the anatomy. They don't understand how to apply pressure the right way. Um, you know, t- to them, it is all oil and candles. And that's not that's mm-hmm. not what it is. That's not what it should be, at least. Yeah. You know, there, there's the the thing about massage therapy is that there's so many different modalities and there's a place for each type of massage and for me i got to a point in my career about two or three years into it that i was noticing that steve my mentor or these really good results and he was only seeing people like once a month whereas i was seeing people having to come back in and like basically fix their problems over and over again. And you would think, okay, well that's good financially. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not good for the moral aspect of it, you know? Yeah. And, and so I asked him, I was like, I want people to get their money's worth. I want to see them, you know, be better. The idea is to not have you come in so often, you know, I mean, that's what I feel a good massage therapist should do. And so he started giving me uh, basically what he had learned over the years and pointing me in the right directions of classes that I needed to take. And so I look at it from a standpoint of when your body's in correct posture, it works right. You know, Jared, I'm sure you could probably attest to this through the stuff you've done through DDP yoga. When the body is in alignment, it works really, really well, right? So what I started doing is creating, uh, I always joke with people, I say, you remember when you were in high school and they're like a train leaves Atlanta going 250 miles an hour (laughs) and another one leaves Chicago going 300 miles, where do they meet? that's what it is when it comes to massage therapy you come in you tell me your ailments natural analysis we figure out where the imbalances are and i'm only treating the imbalances at this point because if you have a tilted like one of those old school lever scales that's tilted and you put the same amount in both sides guess what you have more on both sides but it's still tilted we want to try to get back to equal right that's yeah. the formula there now 
why I feel like I get so much success with the type of massage that I do. So, uh, Fritz, I see we're not necessarily coming on the coming up on the clock yet, but we're getting definitely in the second half of our time with you. Um, shifting gears a little bit, like last week on our show, we talked about uh, something that I probably could have talked about for hours and hours, which is how much is too much and it's different for everybody. So um, I'm curious what your opinion is, because I know the I know how you are now. You're you know, you may not on paper be an elite level athlete, um, but, you know, you are a very high level athlete. You're in incredible shape. You know, all the things you've done, CrossFit or whatever, you're, you're, you're in superb shape. How do you think a person like an average Joe can de- what's the best way for them to determine what is their ceiling and then how can they safely get past that without causing undue injury or strain? No, that's an awesome question. That's actually one of the things that I really liked about what you guys talked about on the last podcast. Um, I know you don't believe in overtraining, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a reality. I've experienced it many, many, many times. And I don't necessarily um, like to use the terminology overtraining as much as I like to, Uh, Look at it from a standpoint of taking care of yourself because you're 100% right is under recovery is more of the topic that we need to discuss. And so when you look at like RPE, like you were talking about, there's a there's a uh, power lift coach. I can't remember his name. Um, I'll have to get the information over to you uh, when I can find it. But he his whole entire workout focus is nothing but RPE rate of perceived exertion. If you come in and your your lifts for that day, like if you're working off of Wendler cycle or something, mm-hmm. but you feel like crap, don't do it. You know, do it at a, at a lower level, but still get to work in, just don't have to do it at that intensity. And that's how I am is like, when you come over and you do these workouts with me, right? If I'm not feeling that good that day, I'm gonna program myself something a little bit minor just so I can still get a good workout in because that, that's going to work this out a whole lot more than it's going to work out my arms or anything, you know, because if I keep crushing myself and just get mentally down on myself, dude, cortisol increases, you feel like crap. What the hell is the point? You know, I'd still want to say, Hey, at least I did a workout today because that makes me feel good. Right. You're still getting at least some of that adrenaline release and you're still feeling good about yourself. That's my outlook on it. I'm not sure if that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Or if it contradicts a lot of what you guys were talking about last week, but that's my perspective of it. You know, I, I think that that's kind of on the, maybe on the meta level where it's like, because programming is a separate conversation and it's like some people like the concept of programming doesn't even make sense to them, you know, because they're not, they're just not there yet. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I think about like the last time we worked out together, which has been a couple months ago now, um, you know, we were sitting there and going through what we're going to do. And I, I was just like, I was like, it's gonna, I'm gonna die. Like this is, this is how I die for sure. And and you're you're endlessly positive. But you didn't. But I didn't. And and I got through it. And I, I didn't I didn't hundred percent everything that we we programmed. But I got so much much further than I thought I would. And even mm. for someone like me, I've been lifting weights for like thirty years or whatever. Um, you know, and been training and wrestling and everything else I do. And then on a rainy Sunday morning at your house, I realized, hey, here's a boundary I, I didn't think I could cross, and I did. You know, so yeah. I, I no, I don't believe in overtraining, but I do think that people are capable of so much more than they give themselves credit for. Absolutely. Agreed. 
you know, I think the trick is just to, to be able to push the envelope safely and not push it all at once every time. You have to you have to grow in increments. You know, that, and then, that's and the key word, honestly, safely. You know, I'm all about grinding out one more rep so long as you do it in the right type of form. And it drives me absolutely crazy when I see people swinging their hips or, you know, to get the curl up or something like that, because you just want that one more rep. That's not that's not pushing your limits. That's pushing your hips. You know? I, um, I don't know if I agree with that statement. Wait, what, 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 um, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only hitting 20. What do I know? Um, but no, I mean, the, the reality is to be safe, you know, because it goes back to my theory with massage therapy is if you hurt yourself or you imbalance yourself because you're doing it improperly, you know, something as simple mm -hmm. as a squat. If you're not getting down in the hole right because you don't have the mobility in your ankle or your knee, how much how how structurally sound is the house that you're building on that foundation absolutely it's not you know eventually that house is going to tip so just do it safely and and with education and if you don't know how to do it seek out the professionals that do you know i am forever thankful to justin price who taught me all things when it comes to kinesiology about how to place my ankles in the right way and how to get my hips back and because I, I sure as hell wasn't doing it the right way before I saw him. And that, you know, when you look at something as simple as a squat, it's so functional. It's so essential to our life. And it's the setup for so many other different lifts that if you don't know how to do a basic squat, you're most likely not going to be able to do much after that, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and the squat is, I mean, it's a passion of mine. And I, I think you were the, one of the first people I ever heard say years ago, it's like, just do it like a baby does because they don't have to think about it. And it's almost yep. like with riding a bike or drawing or coloring or anything, as a kid, we're completely uninhibited and we do what's natural mm -hmm. and it's right. But then we educate ourselves completely out of competence and we have to come back and do it again. Um, and, and in my case, sometimes we do it with no cartilage in our knee and then, and then we just <laughs> make it worse. But I see we're coming up against the clock here. Shapiro, um, while we still have Fritz, would you like to bully him into uh, singing the praises of DDP yoga while we have him? You know, it never <laughs> hurts to have someone else tell me how much they love DDP yoga. So feel free. <laughs> Dude, I'll be honest with you. I've done it several times. I've, I've never done a full program, but I really like the aspect and I really love the ideas. Uh, I, I've read the book. Um, and I love the theory and the, and everything that backs what he does there. And like you've said before, if you can do one thing, that's one thing that I think would be a really good option for people because you can do it safely. It's not overly intense to you. You can do it in the comfort of your own home and it gets you a hell of a workout. I ain't gonna lie. The first time I did it, I was like, I'll be damned. It is a good damn workout. You know, like <laughs> it does push you like it, there's no BS behind that. It really does push you. Um, it's he's a genius when it comes to the, the whole program. Yeah, I think it's as, it's very smart. As you know, being in the world of professional wrestling, everyone's got a, a gimmick they're trying to sell. But this is definitely one that works. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always good to hear. Uh, and next another things. thing that I really like about it that he explains in his book is he was a lot like me getting into massage where it's like what, yoga. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'm not going to do that. And then you experience it and you're like, wait, this, this does make sense. You know, you have that humility to go, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to you. And I think that's uh, another topic for another day, but understanding to have humility while you work out. 
it's okay if you're not lifting the same amount of that that next person is or you're not as deep in that warrior pose as somebody else is that's cool this is your point here you know your workout is not in competition with anybody else it's against yeah. you that's it yeah you can and get that, there tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and that is the the powerful message about everything it's that you when you work out you're working out for you you know if i lifted 300 yesterday maybe i can do 301 today but it doesn't matter what you lift and i think so many people who are new to fitness in general, they forget that. So I don't think we can ever state that enough. Looking at the clock, Jared, we have to let you go. Um, where can people find you and when is the NWA going to be on the air? Great question, because I know you caught me on that on the pre-interview. <laughs> uh, every Tuesday night at 6.05, you can catch NWA Power or Power Surge, whichever one it might be that week. You can find that on Fight TV, and you can subscribe for four ninety nine a month. It's well worth the investment because you get all of the back episodes of NWA Power there. Uh, we have our next pay-per-view coming up June 6th uh, down at GPB Studios. You can get that on Fight TV as well. I believe it's only $19.99. There's a tremendous amount of stories going into this one. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, as far as me, following me on social media, I'm all over the place. Uh, Instagram is jared.fritz. Uh, on Jared on Facebook, I'm Jared C. Fritz LMT, and on Twitter, I am J. Fritz Ref Life at, at symbol J. Fritz. I don't know I if that's a proper terminology. <laughs> <laughs> it's right down there. Right down I'm gonna, there. Uh, require right there. you guys to go wherever I'm pointing. Okay. <laughs> and, but and yeah, you, no, and and I was, I was gonna, gonna say, if you, if just like Jay remember. said at the beginning. <laughs> you can find me and you can reach out to me and you can ask me questions anytime yes um and, and i was gonna say if, if anywhere on social media look for hashtag RefFit, you'll find jared's history in his posts endlessly positive endlessly optimistic sometimes it's a little annoying but it always always helps i appreciate that very very much and it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys hopefully we can get around to get into some more discussion maybe yeah. some theory whatever yeah, we Absolutely. appreciate you being on. No yeah. problem, guys. You guys have a fantastic night, and I'll talk to you guys soon. You as well. Jay, would you like to do the outro? Um, see it in, that's, in your eyes. That's it for Jared Fritz. That's it for Jared Shapiro. That's it for me, Jay Scott, your intrepid host with the most. Thanks for joining us on the Fat to Fit podcast. We'll see you again in one week. Remember, folks, it's okay to be fat. It's okay to be fit, but you don't have to stay fat. Beautiful. That was off the top of my Love head. It. I might.